Welcome to Mindful Elevation, a podcast that explores the healing powers of energy psychology and mindfulness. My name is Rachel Tallheimer, and I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker with Elevate Counseling. Join me in my conversations with some incredible guests to see how energy psychology has impacted their lives and how you can use it to improve yours. Not only are these guests my friends and colleagues, but they're clinical professionals with expertise in their fields. These conversations are packed with laughter, honesty, and tons of insight into energy psychology. Feel free to listen at your own pace and in your own space. Thanks for tapping in to today's conversation. Welcome back to Mindful Elevation for this week's conversation. I'm here with Allison Ballara. Allison graduated from the University of New Orleans in 2008 with a master's in counselor education specializing in school counseling. Allison is a licensed mental health counselor who specializes in working with children and adolescents as well as their families. She has experience working with individuals and families around anxiety, depression, and trauma. She's currently the assistant director of Elevate's child and family team, and she's worked in the outpatient mental health community setting and school setting, assisting children and teens with academic and social challenges. Allison works closely with parents to assist with the child-parent relationship and enhance the overall family dynamic. She also works with families and couples to build healthier, stronger relationships, and it's perfect that she's here today to talk about how to have better relationships. So I think we have a pretty solid expert. So sit tight and enjoy today's conversation. Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So tell me what we're talking about today. I have five self-regulation tips for better relationships. Fantastic. Tell me the first tip. Yeah. Let's dive so into let's it. let's jump in. So this first started, I was focusing more on parent relationships, parent-child relationships. And as I started to dig deeper into things, I realized this can be used in all sorts of relationships. So with your spouse, with your employers, employees, educators, all different relationships. As a clinician, most of the work we do is with clients and understanding and helping them and guiding through their relationship with others and with themselves. So before I jump in, I'm actually going to start with a quote that I found that I think is helpful. I do love Uh, a good quote. (laughs) (laughs) So this is from Carl Rogers. The curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I change. And that leads us into self-acceptance, which is our first tip. And that goes hand in hand with actually tip number two of acceptance of others. What is self-acceptance? Accepting all parts of ourself, letting go of judgments, expectations, comparisons, those should statements that we encounter often. I always say to clients like, who says you should do that? You know, Mm -hmm. really challenging them because we place these unrealistic expectations on ourselves. So we want to acknowledge and accept ourselves for who we are. You know, it's actually really funny you talk about this because a couple weeks back, I did an energy elevator on making peace with imperfection and Mm. how you just need to accept yourself and others for who they are rather than poking out the negative. So 
Right? It's funny that this all ties together, (laughs) right? It does. It's awesome. Thinking about that, self-acceptance differs from self-esteem. So self-esteem is more how we feel about ourselves. And self-acceptance is really being okay with who we are and where we're at. And letting go of comparisons, that's a big one. So Brene Brown, I love Brene Brown. I love her. (laughs) In the Atlas of the Heart, where she goes through all different emotions, she talks about comparisons versus admiration. I know comparing isn't an emotion, she says, but when we compare to others, it digs up deeper emotions. And sometimes we're really unaware of this when we're comparing. We're social beings, part of natural way of doing things. We're always kind of seeing ourself compared to the people around us but this can really affect our relationships and our self-worth especially with social media and everything like that exactly we're yep. always comparing our mm-hmm. worst selves and our worst situations to everyone else's best yes yes and you can go down uh unhealthy path and yes. sometimes you have to take a step away from it to be in reality because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on on the other side of things in social media right you never know <laughs> so Brene brown says Comparison is be like everyone else, but better. On the other end of that is admiration. I've been working with a lot of teens on this, focusing on admiration, which is seeing someone's abilities, accomplishments, their characters, and how that inspires you to be a better version of yourself. So taking that comparison to admiration, taking that mind shift can kind of create a shift in energy in kind of how we present ourselves to others, how we respond to situations and things like that being I like very that. mindful there's also along with that locus of control ties into how we view the world and our role within it so when we come from an internal locus of control we believe we have power and control from within to make changes yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then that external we kind of feel like life happens to us we don't have that control so it's not really about one's better than the other it's more about what comes natural for us what's our tendency and how we adapt to different situations and is that benefiting us is that helping us in these situations and it's really more just being mindful and of accepting where we are because our natural tendency may be to see things are outside of our control but we have the ability to reframe that and then acceptance of others is huge so that's so hard that is very hard (laughs) yes everybody different personalities different things even in relationships the ones we love they can push those buttons and it can be very difficult Um, and we take on the same attitude as we would with acceptance for ourselves so we got to let go of those judgments those expectations stop writing our own version of someone else's story so that's beautiful I don't know where I got that from but I was reading it and I feel like we do we based on our own assumptions our own experiences we create a story of someone else just by seeing them just Mm -hmm. face value you know we don't know what's going on in their world or in their life so we kind of have to take a minute stop being in our thoughts and be in the moment because this can lead to resentment you know unnecessary anger things like that That's another quote from Brene Brown that I love. Choose discomfort over resentment. I don't know if you've heard that one. I haven't. I am just like so full of wisdom right now. (laughs) She's awesome. She inspires me. And it is. It's learning to be okay with those, tolerating those uncomfortable feelings in the moment and accepting it for what it is rather than resenting things later down the road. Right. Not confronting what you need to. Right. I mean, it makes me think of the serenity prayer, which I have up on my wall. Mm -hmm. 
grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to yeah. tolerate the things I cannot change, not to try to change the things I cannot change. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Letting go. Right. And just being. And then this leads to the next concept of emotional mirroring. So in our brain, we have mirror neurons that enable us to understand another person's emotions. When we're in a conversation with someone, a lot of times those assumptions, if someone's confronting us, our automatic response is to defend ourselves or protect ourselves. So in our head, instead of listening to the other person, we are, okay, how am I going to respond to this? What am I going to say? And we're not actually hearing what the other person's saying. With emotional mirroring, we're listening to the other person. We don't have an agenda. It keeps us grounded regulated and attuned with the other person. We can't control what's going on with that person, but we can attune and be with them with those emotions. This is used a lot with parenting, but I can take that from parenting situations into my own relationship as well, recognizing like, I'm not gonna react, I'm gonna listen. Make that shift, change does happen. I think of projection Mm -hmm. in this, where maybe we had someone speak to us a certain way or treat us a certain way, And then we just assume that if someone else is reflecting those same kinds of behaviors or tone or using similar words, that they're going to react that same way that other person did. Yep. I see this a lot actually in couples Mm -hmm. where maybe one partner's parents spoke to them in a certain way. And then once the partner starts speaking to them in that way, that person then gets triggered because of the parents Mm -hmm. and... It's this whole thing. So even being able to ground yourself and say, what my partner is telling me right now is not what my parents told me. Right. You know, taking it at the present moment. It's a huge shift. It is. Yeah. And that leads us perfectly into a guided meditation I have to practice that and to learn ways to be less reactive and more present with our partner. So this guided meditation I adapted from Daphna Lender. She does a lot of different trauma work through the Trauma Research Foundation. I did one of her trainings. And this meditation is helpful to restore regulation and a sense of calm in those stressful moments. When you're in conflict with a partner, that can be a stressful moment. A lot of emotions flying and a lot of stuff going on. So if you have a piece of paper and a pen nearby, listeners, Rachel, if you want to do this as well. Absolutely. I'm going to grab one right now. Awesome. And listeners, feel free to pause this podcast, go get yourself some paper and a pen, and press resume when you're ready. So I want you to take a minute to think about any significant relationship in your life and write down about four or five aspects of your interactions with this person that frustrate you or anger you. This could be interactions with a spouse, a child, a friend, a boss, any relationship that you've noticed that kind of triggers some things within you, maybe hits those trigger buttons, feel exhausted, maybe burnt out. So take a minute, write those down. All right, I'm writing. I'm on number three. Awesome. All right, awesome. Now looking at the list that you put down, see if you see any themes or common frustrations or similarities in what you wrote down. And then take a minute and close your eyes and draw an image in your head of how you were feeling during one of these interactions. And I want you to be aware of the physical sensations in your body and asking yourself, 
what did you say to yourself in these moments? What was that inner voice? What was it telling you? And then also think about what stress, tension, maybe tingling or heat residing in your body. Kind of do a whole body scan from head to toe. Really bring up those feelings and emotions. I can tell you right now I feel some tightness in my chest. Mm -hmm. I feel... I don't know, just overall discomfort. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot of stress. Yep. Disappointment. Okay. That's a big thing that's that comes big... to me. Okay. So, so that's, yeah. that's a big one. That underlying feeling of disappointment is mm-hmm. triggering a lot of these emotions. Thinking about that disappointment, connecting this experience maybe with earlier relationships or childhood, thinking about underlying core beliefs about ourselves and the world and how these impact how we perceive a situation is really important. You said disappointment. For me, I was thinking disrespect in a parenting situation, not Mm -hmm. feeling heard or, you know, kids talking back, things like that. And our common reaction is they're doing this on purpose. They are trying to push my buttons. And but if we take a step back and we think about, well, that's not what they're doing. You know, that is triggering something within me. The way they talk to me is triggering me, causing me to feel a certain way. However, if I can reframe that for myself and think, okay. They're trying to get my attention. They want connection. They don't know how to do that connection. This is their way. They're not able to regulate themselves. So it just helps having that little bit of shift and using this visualization, this guided meditation, it helps us be more aware in those situations to kind of stop ourselves and remember, okay, what is this triggering? My, our body remembers stuff from the past. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a little while for our brain to catch up, but our body senses it. So we really want to pay attention to that feeling. No judgment, just observe. Identify the negative feeling, acknowledge it, but don't become attached to it. And breathing is another way to breathe in, in the moment, ground yourself in those situations. Yeah, I think about the things that I wrote down and the things that I felt I need to remember to not take it personally. Right. This person isn't acting this way to disrespect me or mm-hmm. to disappoint me. It's because of their own relationship with themselves. Right. And I'm getting triggered mm-hmm. because of maybe something that happened in my past that I'm now projecting this onto this person. Exactly. So I have some healing to do. We all do. And we these are those do. cognitive distortions that handout that I give to clients early on in therapy. And I, I always say to them, you're going to read through it and you're going to be like, yep, I do this, this, this and this. And I say, that's OK. We all do. We all do. We all do. But those personalization, those things that causes us to perceive things one way and not really see the reality of the situation sometimes. Other than breathing, journaling, art, any other outlet you have can be used to help work through these emotions. Tip number three, stay in the moment. So pay attention to the feeling you have in your body, focusing on it, like I said, without judgment. You want to identify the negative thought, but not attach to it. And learning to tolerate discomfort. I always tell my little kiddos, there's no good or bad feelings. They're just feelings. Some feel better, more comfortable than others but we have to listen to them. They're telling us something. There's a reason why we're feeling this way. Another type of breathing, heart breaths, can be really helpful in this. What is heart breath? So if you wanna place your hand over your chest, Rachel, and take a deep breath in, but focusing on your breathing from your heart. Breathing more deeply than normal. You're gonna breathe in for five, and out for five. You're gonna breathe in love, and breathe out love. 
I'm going to have to do this for an energy elevator. Thank you for yes. this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so find, you can find your own rhythm with it. The focus of the heart. So the heart has an electromagnetic field that is a hundred times greater than the magnetic field generated by our brain. So the heart is powerful. I was reading somewhere, it's our superpower. So using that, breathing in, feeling it through our heart, connects with our heart chakras that I think Leanne has talked about. Yeah. With love, compassion, forgiveness, all those emotions are attached with that. So we're practicing the heart breaths. We're getting ourselves grounded. We're practicing mindfulness. We're in a good space. What do we do next to not be so reactive? Mm-hmm. So practicing gratitude and shifting our attitude. So that's Ooh. tip number four. I like that. <laughs> Being grateful, finding things throughout the day that we're grateful for, creating a grateful mantra that we can say to ourselves, creating a list or I work with families. I have them sit at the dinner table and talk about one thing they're grateful for each day, which helps kind of shift our perspective. Another great thing is tapping is another area that I've been learning about and tapping on the side of your hand. That stimulation creates a psychological response. It calms stress and over time teaches our brain to respond to stress in neutral ways. So we're Very not cool. so reactive. So it's pretty interesting. But I think looking at situations instead of focusing on challenges or what is lacking in our relationships or our expectations what are we grateful for what does the relationship bring to us and I think doing that can be difficult my husband is on the autism spectrum and sometimes I don't want to say I forget that he is but sometimes you get frustrated like you want him to fit in this specific box and sometimes it doesn't work that way and communication can be really challenging. However, when I can take a step back and be like, because his brain works this way and he sees things differently, I'm grateful that I've had this experience because it's actually helped me be a better person and more understanding and grow. So it's kind of like shifting that. Instead of fighting it, accepting it, and then being grateful for how it shaped our relationship and our family. Absolutely. I remember reading a book on radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I do just want to put the little asterisk out there that yes, we can practice radical acceptance and radical gratitude, unless there's any abuse or harm being done, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. don't be grateful for the abuse. True. Please True. go get help. Mm -hmm. There are resources. But for anything other than that, yeah, yeah, to absolutely practice that gratitude and acceptance yep. of the situation. Mm -hmm. Challenges are opportunities for growth. Exactly. Exactly. And going back to the comparison, that's where being grateful for what you have and not looking at others and where, right. where they're at grounds you. It brings mm -hmm. you back down. And the last tip, love yourself first. What? So <laughs> <laughs> this, I got this quote, fill your cup because you can't pour from an empty cup, mm -hmm. which is true, or that you can use the oxygen mass metaphor on the airplane. Like you have to work on yourself, self-care, love yourself before you can help others. So this is great to model in all our relationships. I know I was just listening to Hannah's podcast on love languages. So it really helps see that there's different ways that we show love in relationships, but we also have to show that same love to ourselves. I know for me, finding self-love is through movement. I am not the one that can sit and just 
do a meditation. You know, I can, but it's for me, getting up, finding mindfulness through movement has been what's been helpful. So my bar classes and the things that I do, just getting up, running around with the kids, that has been my way of practicing self-care, self-love. Yeah. Rachel. Yes. What are some ways you show yourself self-love? (laughs) <laughs> oh, goodness. I feel like I get a mishmash of all of the love languages. I'm very much a gift slash quality time slash physical touch person where mm-hmm. I'll get a pedicure, I'll get a massage, I'll get a manicure, I'll get a facial, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. I also speak very kindly to myself. Mm-hmm. So using those words of affirmation. I feel like sometimes my acts of service towards myself can be self-care, you know, getting Mm -hmm. the laundry done, getting the stuff done. Yeah. You know, I I plan this weekend on going through all of my clothes and making sure that the clothes that are in my closet and in my dressers fit my body. Yeah. Because I'm choosing clothes that fit my body, not changing my body to fit my clothes. Right. Right. So that is my own acts of service. That Mm -hmm. is self-care. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. I know it's some of those things are not super fun doing laundry and all that. But sometimes like I work with a lot of teens and I tell them when I was in high school, I'm not telling them not to go to school, but when I would take a day off, I would plan it ahead to get caught up on work. Mm -hmm. And that was like my self care so that I didn't feel overwhelmed. And I still do that now. Like I will take days where it's like I need to catch up. I feel better. I feel energized. I feel more ready for the week when I do that. So we do it in different ways. Right. And we can't compare other people's self-care to our own. Right. Exactly. I see people Uh hiking and doing all that stuff. (laughs) That is not my self-care. It will never be my (laughs) self-care. Exactly. Yeah. I love silence. Like people love music, love to have always something on, but like when it's silent in my house, which never happens when you have kids. So... (laughs) That's how I can just kind of be with my thoughts and not try to avoid or run away, but just kind of be. And that's really helpful for me that's to beautiful. kind of process. So so you need the self-care, you need the self-love, the self-acceptance mm-hmm. to be in a healthy relationship. relationship. Yeah. It starts with yourself and then... That could be mirrored in a relationship as well. Well, Allison, thank you so much for sharing these <laughs> tips. Is there anything additional that you wanted to share about these tips? So yeah, I think thinking about this, it's not linear. This is tapping into our experience when we work with other people, when we're in relationships, being present, being aware of our sensations, our emotions, any discomfort. We want to listen to them and we want to respond with self-compassion. Using breathing techniques to teach our autotomic nervous system that it can move through these strong feelings using the breath as a tool. We understand ourselves, can help ourselves be more patient and present in our relationships. One of the biggest things I've learned is that my children have taught me so much Mm -hmm. about myself and just being a parent, like just being in any type of relationship and managing things. And they've taught me mindfulness, being in the moment, not worrying about next week or what happened yesterday, but let's play. And those times where I want to be like, mommy's got stuff to do I got stuff to do I got you know and those are the times where it's like I have to stop myself and be like no this is that opportunity to practice that this is that connection that we both need you know it's not just it shifts the energy in the home and 
you see things start to change that way. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's all in our perspective, how we look at things. Definitely. I think when I opened my notebook to work on this, actually, this morning, it said, the quote that I think was perfect, it said, I read and walked for miles at night along the beach, searching endlessly for someone wonderful who would step out of the darkness and change my life. It never crossed my mind that that person could be me. <laughs> it was I perfect. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This was wonderful. Any resource links I will put in the show notes, so definitely check those out. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for tapping in to today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate Counseling, you can find us online at www.elevate-counseling.com. Follow us on Instagram at elevate underscore counseling underscore services or find us on Facebook at Elevate Counseling Services. For those seeking services in Massachusetts or surrounding areas, call our intake at 508-297-1491. New episodes of Mindful Elevation will be released every last Monday of the month. And keep an eye out for Energy Elevators every Monday where I will be teaching energy psychology techniques and tools you can implement into your daily practice. Until then, keep grounding, keep healing, keep growing. Stay mindful.